Deep, deep within my depressing, nearly disabling disposition, I dwell on my drastically dipping ability to give a damn. Coursing through my vasculars in equal measured mixture are the calculated thoughts of the grade school math prodigy and grade school girls locker room peeping pervert alike. I travel on well-worn byways and three-ways looking for the perfect specimen. Researched and rehearsed, a mental chess match tested time after time with positive results. Now is the time for me to shine. A lazy lane change and a neighborly howdy later and a far too trusting co-ed becomes a victim and plaything for Big Ed. Who's that lady? Who's that woman? Walking down my door. What's the score? I'll be the sun shining on you. Hey, Cinderella, step in your shoe. I'll be your non-stop lover. Get it while you can. Your non-stop miracle. I'm your man. Get out of my dreams. Get into my car. Get out of my dreams. Get in the backseat, baby. Get into my car. Bumpy Pickles. And I can't believe I ate the whole thing. (laughs) Oh, man. Ah, man, indeed. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. It's Monday, February the 18th. I remembered that because I have to go to court on February the 19th. Gross. Mm. But it's not the 18th or the 19th for any of them. It is whatever day they listen. Well, I mean, if I get this out by tomorrow and people listen to it tomorrow, then one of those things is is patently false. Don't trump me. Don't do it. Make them wait. I will make you look like a fool and rush this episode out like crazy. (laughs) I'll fuck you up. Uh, Hi, kids. do that. It would only make you look good. Hi, childrens. Hey, guess where Chris is right now? Right now. I, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and, and just assume that I'm not going to hear any any guesses. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, you guys aren't talking to us. But I bet you can More tell that there's not, there's not like a serious vibrating hum behind him. There's not uh, a, an Uncle Mike uh, fart sound happening Mm-mm. right now. Yeah, no farts, um, no farts. It's... Chris is snuggly, bugly, rugly at home. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed, he mm-hmm. is. Enjoying means the shit out of quiet. not driving right now. Oh, it's going to be so good. Do you you ever get uh you ever get uh but what's it's what's the thing where you you get like a big growth on your on your butt cuz you sit on it all the time? A grape on hemorrhoid. my butt? He- no. Hemorrhoid. No, that you know, doesn't you don't happen. Get not me. Ever? To nope. anyone, <laughs> it's Not never. That I know it's a of. thing that te- that television invented to sell Valentine cards. Ah. Yeah, I mean, or Chuck's medicated pads, one of the two. But either way, no, that's not something that happens to me. Mm. Ooh, I like uh, Tuck's medicated new line of of Valentine cards. They are very graphic, <laughs> very graphic, <laughs> and you can wipe them on your butt. To That's soothe right. your burning anus. That's right. And then when you get the paper cuts, you could say, 
<laughs> to sue Tux Medicated. Mm. Can you imagine? <laughs> that, is, that is disturbing. Uh, <laughs> could you imagine a, a hard cardboard, like, or construction paper, whatever the fuck, goddamn card paper cut on your b-hole? No, I really, I'm sure I cannot even begin to imagine. I can picture it, but to imagine what that might, the, like the, no, or the anguish. I I would rather sheer shove 20 some odd goddamn five inch long needles in my groin than do that. Oh. Mm. <laughs> mm. Okay, we might have to, we might have to take a five. Oh God, I'm feeling it. And I don't Zach like it. Mars time out. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're Chris Barrios. I'm Jason Chris Rambo, and you are listening to Chris Barrios make beautiful music on "See No Hear No Speak No." The UFOs, the conspiracies, and the moiters. And today, today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nothing. I got nothing. I was hoping something would come to me, but it didn't. But um, <clears throat> either way, that's what she said. Hi, kids. <laughs> Good to see Hi. you. Good to hear from you, or us, I should say. You know what's neat is uh, uh, we we've we've had uh, people listening from countries that uh, shouldn't know the language that we do the show in. <laughs> it's kind of neat, like uh, Mongolia. Uh, really? I, I I really should have looked up like how to maybe say hi in Mongolian, but I'm not gonna. I'm a li- yeah. I'm, I'm lazy. Like yeah. right off. Like there's no chance this episode's coming out tomorrow. That's just a completely <laughs> empty threat. Um, but you know w- what the shit people. Uh, email us. See no hey. speak no pod at gmail dot com or or s n h n s n P-O-D at gmail.com. And, um, yeah, fucking whatever. Say hi. I want to know, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to, I don't know. Some languages look cool when they're written out. So, like, send me something I can't read. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd be like, hey, um, this guy I don't know is sending me cool stuff in another language. Well, let's be completely transparent here in saying that I will tell you that I received something for us. That I yeah, can't send him read. something <laughs> that he can't read with a picture of your Cause, bottle. Because Chris don't so much answer the emails. Like <laughs> <laughs> mm. Chris don't so much but, a lot of stuff, but we're not going to go into that. Chris don't don't so much a lot of stuff that Jason does. That's true too. That's true. Too. Period. Mm. You know, some of it's sad, some of it's joyous. I get off of it, easy. Though, Boring right as on. hell. <laughs> right on his chin. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Jesus. You got to think of like baseball or your grandma or like your grandma playing baseball or. Um, I don't want to think about know. my grandma's mitt. No. That's not. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> See? You're the one well, that's always not. making it gross. I was just talking about holding off your ejaculate. Ejaculate. <laughs> Ejaculate. <laughs> Shit. All, all I heard was grandma, mitt, catch balls. And ejaculate. That's Not right. good. Not That's good. Right. It just went to someplace like, awful. 
Do you know how, how awkward it is uh, it's basically shouting the word ejaculate uh, while I'm watching my sleeping daughter in a swing? <laughs> how awkward very, that is? Why? It's Why awkward would that be awkward? to me because I'm, I'm yelling the word ejaculate like toward my sleeping infant daughter. Right, who doesn't yet speak the language and have, would have no, no clue but I do. what you're saying. I do. I do, Chris. It's awkward <laughs> for me. She doesn't give a shit. Well, if that awkward. word makes awkward you feel daddy. awkward, how the hell are you going to get through this episode? Because there's going to be a lot of that and perhaps I, some even grosser shit. <laughs> I, I was going to call it, I was going to call it uh, Big Ed Special Sauce. I mean, that's even, that that's even the clinical term for it. Big Ed Special Sauce? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Ejaculate. You can't even say a yeah. clinical term around your infant daughter. What is Big Ed Special yeah. Sauce okay. going to do? It's, it's just that it's just that I shouldn't be having these kinds of conversations with her yet. <laughs> she doesn't need. To, she probably she probably shouldn't have even heard the word ejaculate for like maybe I don't know five six more years tops. What? So. <laughs> five or six? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so 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 it's it's okay for me to to do it now, but in five or six years, when she's at least five or six more years mature, that's not okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> five or six more years mature, and that's but right. Still, no, no, no. It's it's fine regardless. It is just a word that a child will not understand. I, but, uh, I know, I know. I'm just I'm gonna try to to shout the word ejaculate less around my sleeping daughter because it makes me feel uncomfortable. Is fair what enough. I'm saying, hey, nobody's okay. nobody's telling you how to parent that baby. But you are wrong with that statement. Do well, nobody know, on this end of the phone. Well, yeah. There are wait. Are there more than you? Are there more of you than you? What? Not as far as you know. Are you? Are you a werewolf, Chris? <laughs> no. Not that I know. One of. day you're gonna do that like serious, awesome villain laugh, and it's you're gonna have an aneurysm doing it because it <laughs> sounds like there, it's it takes some effort to to do and. I'm just saying that, you know, I love it, and I want you to keep doing it. I'm just going to be sad when you die because of it. That's my favorite reoccurring character, <laughs> the villain. <laughs> I expect you suck. Um, <laughs> do you know why we are here babbling tonight to whoever these fine, fine-ass people may be listening to us? I most certainly do. And I am Good. excited. Excited. That excited. was a wonderful. That was a wonderful food pun you just had there, <laughs> and I will thank you to keep them the fuck off of my show. Excellent. Um, <laughs> who's the, who's the fucking new father here? I'm supposed to be saying stuff like that, not you. <laughs> <laughs> I am ecstatic about your new role mm. in parenthood. I am going to execute you <laughs> I'll guess I'll have okay. to exercise before you get here so I could take you out boo oh my god I I can't think of any other words that that start with eggs um 
<laughs> I mean, technically, no words start with eggs. Look, kids, I have him exasperated. <laughs> oh, man. I am, you know, as soon as we're done with the show, I'm walking into the kitchen. I'm going to open up the refrigerator. I'm going to take the giant 24 goddamn count egg shell crate thing full of eggs and I'm going to walk outside with it and I'm going to throw them in the garbage. <laughs> and then your mom's going to whoop you. Again without just seeing Chris's big dumb face and be like, it's going to be all bloody if I cook it. And it's gonna be, <laughs> yeah. But I digress. Today, tonight, this weekday that is called the Monday, we're doing number two in the big Eddie Kemper story. That's numero dos for people in a country which I can pronounce the language. Ooh, uh, oh, let me let me do one. Um, number two. There, see, Australian. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> Hi, Australia. Thanks for listening. So, where we last left off in this twisting, terrible fucking saga of psychopathic and oversized jerk-ass. Mm. Way Fresno, oversized. Fresno State, Fresno State college students Maria Ann Pesh and Anita Lucchesi. They decided to take a, uh, a ride from Big Ed. They were hitchhiking. And in a twist that I can say I don't think any of us saw coming, uh, they were both horribly and violently murdered by the six foot nine, 300 plus pound Kemper. Um, Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, that was a surprise to you too, right? It was like, oh, they're, they're just going to go on like a, a, a light, nice little drive. Like this is like a, a feel-good summer movie of, of like – best girlfriends going out and like just really having an experience you know and then he's all like oh i'd rather have sex with your headless body and i'm like what this guy is a fucking monster of a man that is huge he's six nine three hundred pounds fucking huge 300 plus pounds Fuck, man yeah that's that's like livestock size that's um, two of me that's yeah that's that's quite a that's quite a bit more than I am now for sure. So after he does the 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 dirty deed, uh, he you know has them in the trunk of his car and just takes like a a nice little drive. Because what else are you gonna do? I guess. <sighs> I guess. Mm. Mm. So he he gets back to his mother's house and uh, he takes them upstairs. He cuts their heads off, cuts their hands off, and. <clears throat> Uh, he proceeds to have sex with their, the what's left, mm. which is not much mm. of of it. <clears throat> Jesus. And uh, mm. uh, Mary Ann's remains would be found later in, in August, while Anita's would never be seen again. No wow. Idea. He, he, threw their, he threw their heads in a ravine uh, and their bodies and hands or heads and hands in the ravine body somewhere else they found some of Marianne's and would never find any of Anita's Oof. so after this Edmund he kind of realized that there was just zero suspicion pointed his direction so he took that as confirmation of a job well done and with his newfound confidence he goes on let's just say uh, how, how do you put dismembering sexual fiend murder spree 
in a car how do you put that in like a like a fun like a like a non-threatening fun term hmm he was, I feel like Joyride was, doesn't encompass the whole thing enough. Mm-hmm. Doesn't fully. I, I, you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say that he was doing it for the ladies. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Te- technically, totally true. Totally um, true. Okay. So this is this is where it gets uh, sad, and maybe I shouldn't have said what I just said. On the evening of September 14th, 1972, he picks up 15-year-old Korean dancer Aiko Koo. She had decided to hitchhike her way to dance class since waiting for the bus had become a little tiresome. Just take the bus, ladies. Take the bus. If you gotta take a bus, take the bus. Don't be like, hey, stranger, let me in your car. What, you're five times my size? I don't care. We're good. We're totally good. Hmm. So, uh, Aiko, being the intelligent young lady that she is, aside from the fact that she was fucking hitchhiking, which is a really stupid thing to do, uh, she caught on to what Ed had planned for her because she saw a gun. So she starts to fucking freak out. And when she starts to fucking freak out, Edmund, thinking quickly on his toes, because he, he like I said, he's a smart dude. He's doing something really fucking stupid. But right. he tells he tells her, well, oh, that gun, uh, I'm, I'm going to kill myself with it, with you in the car. I need you to watch. Um, and if you don't signal for help or anything like that, you, I'm not going to hurt you at all. I'm just going to kill myself in front of you. Doesn't that sound like a good afternoon? Wow. Mm. So then he pulls off He pulls off in, into the mountains and finds like a nice secluded little road. And he parks out of sight. Then he, he tapes her mouth shut. And he attempts to suffocate her. He doesn't try to suffocate her by taping her mouth shut, however... That's just the first step in the process. The second step is using his thumb and index finger to plug up her nostrils. Huh? He sticks his big, meaty, stupid, fucking giant fingers in this 15-year-old girl's nostrils with tape over her mouth in hopes of suffocating her to death. Wow. Discuss. (laughs) Wow, that's a strange move. Yeah. yeah, it's a strange move because what? <laughs> you know why yeah. that's the first and only time we ever heard of, of someone doing that? Because uh, although she did, I mean, she fought like fucking crazy, but she's a 15-year-old Korean dancer, and he is a, a, a giant, big, stupid Ed. Yeah. So she fights, but she eventually loses consciousness. So he's preparing whatever awfulness he had already thought of in his head to prepare when she <laughs> regains consciousness. Oh, no. Uh, what the fuck? Which, you know, I guess he didn't exactly know because I think he took a lot of his technique from movies and television. It, it only makes sense that he's he thinks it's a whole lot. Like we, we talked about last episode. He thinks mm-hmm. it's a whole lot easier... Uh, it, or it should be a whole lot easier than it actually is to do, I guess. So I, I guess he didn't understand that when someone passes out, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're dead. It just means that you cut the oxygen off to their brain enough for them to black out. But after she pops back up, he fucking suffocates her again. And this time 
He keeps hold until her breathing stops completely. He removes her body from the car and lays her on the ground and rapes her. And I guess learning from his earlier mistakes, he strangles her uh, with her own scarf after the rape, even though she's already dead, just to make sure that this time she wasn't only mostly dead, but she was all the way fucking dead. Mm-hmm. Inconceivable. In- I can't do that guy's voice. Inconceivable. No. No, see, I can't do the. Mm, it's bad. No, that's the wrong my list, is, but I can't do it either. My, yeah, my mouth is just coated in coffee and shit, too. It's getting all sticky. Um, so afterwards, he picks up Aiko's lifeless body and deposits it into the trunk of his car and casually drives away. Like he had just been, like, taking pictures of birds and shit. But before heading back to his mom's apartment or duplex or house, whatever the fuck they live in, he decides to stop at a local watering hole and have a few beers, making sure to make pretty frequent trips out to his trunk to admire his new trophy. <sighs> no doubt beaming with the self-accomplishment that can only come alongside the murder and rape of a 15-year-old girl by the hands of a giant motherfucking monster man. Jesus Christ, man. What the fuck? Like just... he had caught a huge trout and was like, man, I just, I, I don't even believe it. I got to go check it out again because that man, that trout was like, I, I, I didn't know trout came in that size. And really, he's just looking at a dead 15-year-old Korean dancer. No. No. Move on. That's that's terrible. That's terrible. It is, it's terrible. I, it's really bad. I, I'm thinking about... You know, being at the bar and how many times I've seen someone go out to their car and do whatever. Oh, yeah, no. Ev- thought anything of I think it. this proves, yeah, this proves that every single time <clears throat> that you see someone at a bar go outside to their car and then come back, they are, for a fact, checking out the dead body in their trunk that they just made a dead body. It's possible. We know that now. No, it, sure. it's it's scientifically proven. <clears throat> oh, really? <laughs> It's gone that far, huh? It's a motherfucking Bible fact. So after finally making it back to his house, or his mother's house, he brings her body upstairs and lays it on his bed, where he then proceeds to dissect her. Dissect? Well, yes. Because, I mean, there's decapitation. He removes her head, but then he also removes her hands. And, you know, it's... He... He did more, you know, little little bits of things to the bodies, I'm sure. That, uh, But I think that the, <clears throat> the head and hand removal are really kind of the, the most important. So he, he okay. takes the head and hands and, and he throws them in a separate location from the body. And little, if any, of Ico ever really turned up. And even now, no one is connecting her murder to the murders of Marianne and Anita. And I mean, I guess there's really not, not a fuckload to go on yet as far as that is, you know? Anywho, are you ready? (laughs) Okay. So this episode's the rough one because this one is, is, is his, his whole naughty bit. And by naughty bit, I mean straight up fucking the dead bodies that he just cut the heads off of. Like, you're going to hear that a, f- a few more times this episode. Uh, dude had a modus operandi. That's what I'm saying, did. I guess. 
Ah, <sighs> he had an operandi of Modi. Good God. Don't you know? Nonsense. So, after Ico, uh, four months passed. There were other victims of other killers that ha- that were found in the Bay Area during the time, but none from him. But people started to freak out a little bit. You know, like, the public was like, okay, there's kind of a lot of uh, attractive young ladies showing up uh, no longer able to continue being those things. Uh-huh. Which, <clears throat> not fun. But Edmund, ever the consummate professional, was still under zero suspicion for any of the killings. On January 8th, 1973, he bought a 22 caliber automatic pistol, even though, uh, <clears throat> you know, he technically was forbidden to own a firearm because of him killing his grandparents oh, with a gun. Yeah. <clears throat> Shit, how did I forget uh, about all that? How did you forget about all that? Did you honestly forget about the fact that he, in cold blood at 15 years old, murdered his grandmother and grandfather? Yeah, somehow. Because he just wanted to see what it felt like? Yeah, somehow I was not connecting. I, I, I forgot about that part. Somehow. You know what's really terrible? Hmm. Is I honestly just wondered to myself if his grandpa hadn't come home when he did mm. would he mm-hmm. have had sex with his grandmother's dead body that is a that, good question that genuinely seems that seems like something that he wanted to do for years and years and years and if he had the balls later to do what he does i mean i i think he may have been tempted at, at least surprised i don't it's uh ugh it's all yeah. disgusting. <sighs> it, it's horrible. So, it's horrible. But I, yeah, I don't, I don't, don't see why he wouldn't have been tempted. I, I don't know because the brain I, I is. I, I mean, yeah, it, 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 and especially a, a psychopathic uh, brain, a, a, a diseased brain like that, will certainly go to places that people have barriers and fucking. Oh, that's a that's a fucking step too far, buddy. Yeah. In your own brain. So, <clears throat> but what are you going to do, you know, other than <sighs> not murder and rape people? That because you're ever. a good person. <laughs> so, he he had zero trouble with the purchase of the firearm in spite of his record, but he he did fear that eventually the police might catch on to the fact that he had one. So, he stepped up his cruising and killing that very day. <clears throat> Jesus. Because there are there are only so many hours in the day there are only so many days in a week so on ad infinity you you got it it carpe diem right it's not untrue seize the seize the dog jeez <sighs> man you just get worse so the and next worse. the next uh the, the next young lady uh is a a girl named Cindy. He picks her up hitchhiking and he drives her into the hills near Watsonville where he then forced her into the trunk and shot her with his brand new gun. The bullet huh. lodged in her skull because that's what happens. Oh, the police. Oh, poles are rolling. Mm. That's just Kenner. They just, they somebody got caught jaywalking so 50,000 fucking cops need to go check it out. Right. Um, <laughs> 
So That's when he shoots her uh, in the trunk of his car, the bullet is lodged in her skull. And what does he do? He brings her body back to his mother's. And wow. Hurt her beautiful duplex in Aptos, wherever the fuck that is in California. And he brings yes. her up to his room. And then when Clarnell, good old Clarnell, when she left for work the next morning, <clears throat> he had sex with Cindy's corpse. He then uh-huh. takes her into the bathtub and starts to dissect. Uh-huh. He takes super fucking great care afterward to wash away all traces of blood and everything like that. He removed the bullet from her head and then he buried the head in his mom's backyard. Later, Lord. he threw the rest of the body parts, which he put in plastic bags, off of a cliff. <clears throat> um, but this time, her body was discovered within 24 hours. Edmund took notice of the fact that her body was found so fucking fast. But he still wasn't really worried about it, because to him, he'd been ridiculously careful. Mm-hmm. And with this reinvigorated sense of, of safety... Within a month, he was ready to do it again. So, on the night of February 5th, 1973, which is exactly 10 years before the wonderful, beautiful, God-fearing day of Jason Rambo's birth, Mm -hmm. Edmund and his mother, his sweet, sweet, wonderful, loving, just, she, she, like, she would do anything for him. Her name was Clarnell. Did we we talk about Clarnell? I don't think we we did. did. We did. Did we? Oh. We- so you forgot about the parent, the, the grandparent killings, and I forgot about his uh, nag of a mother, Clarnell. Hmm. Weird. We mentioned Weird. her. We didn't talk much, but we mentioned her. I think we talked a lot about her, Chris, and I don't think that your memory is very good. I'm pretty sure that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Drugs. So, Edmund and his mama, Miss Clarnell had a fucking fight. A screaming match to end and then start another series of all screaming matches. <laughs> and then he he fucking storms out of the apartment. He's like, man, fuck it, I'm ready to do it again. I I, kept, I gotta get all this pent up aggression out. You know, I I could I could maybe learn how to play guitar or maybe I could like, you know, go to the gym and like hit the 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 heavy bag, I think is what they call it. Uh, that's when you go into the, the locker room and there's that 300 yep. pound, 85 year old man. And, yep. uh, and, and his, his nuts are just like way, way lower than they should be. And, you, you've hit the heavy bag before I can tell. I know what you're talking about, but instead he's like, I'm gonna go kill a chick. So, I mean, to each our own, but I feel like, feel like he had some, some, you know, some aggression to let out, a little bit of pent up sexual frustrations, and maybe Heavy Bag wasn't there that day. You're right. You're right. The only one that was there was, was Speed Bag, which is, mm. that's when you find, that's when you or find D-bag. a bag of cocaine in, in the, in the, the bathroom at the, the gas station. Hey. Um, <clears throat> so he picks up Miss Rosalind and he engages her in a, a bit of a conversation. And then 
And a little while after that, he stops for another hitchhiker, Alice. She she had no worries whatsoever about hopping in the car with Rosalind and big motherfucking Ed. So, another thing that really, really helped Ed, like, you know, lull these girls into a sense of security is the fact that he had a, a UC Santa Cruz parking sticker. So... There, which his mom gave him because she worked there and he'd have to go there sometimes. Mm-hmm. So these girls seeing him is just like you know he's a he's a giant of a of a scary man with a mustache and glasses, but he's like a college dude. Like we're college chicks, like we know where he goes and like we can do this. You know, it's totally okay. So they rode around for a while, and uh, this time he's getting a little a little more brash, a little more. Uh, confident in what he's doing so he didn't even fucking stop the car this time what? he he pointed out the passenger side of the car to get Rosalind to look at this beautiful beautiful view that he had he had picked out just to point out for her and as she looked he slowed down a little bit he drew his 22 and he shot her in the head what and then just Quickly, tumbled her out of the car he, or no. <laughs> Quickly after shooting Rosalind in the head, he points his gun at Alice, who's in the back seat, who was so trusting just minutes or hours ago. And uh, <laughs> wow, he, uh, he, he, he fires several times at her. But unlike Rosalind, she didn't die immediately. He had shot her again point blank once he got out of town. And that finally, that finally put her out of her misery. So he pulls into a cul-de-sac, and he he gathers up his new catches of the day. That's I bummed myself out saying that. Seriously, dude. And <laughs> fuck you. You said worse than that before we started recording. I've said far worse, yeah. But that's yes, far you worse. Bummed yourself out. And, and uh, he 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 gets the the girls' bodies together, and he puts them in the trunk of his car. So he he stops for gas on the way home, and then he goes to his mom's duplex, but he left again telling his mom that he he needed to go get cigarettes. And once outside the apartment, he pulled the car into the street, and he opened the trunk, and he fucking beheaded the bodies standing in the street, leaned over his open car trunk. What? Yes. Now, is, is... is this in, is this insane psychopath uh, confidence that he's feeling? Like he's just like I can do no wrong. I'm invincible. Or is he thinking to himself, I'm too smart to get caught at all by this point. I'm getting so good at this that I can just stand in the street and 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 cut off the two people's heads at the the neck <sighs> and not have to worry about a damn thing. That is fucking insane, dude. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> it's fucking insane. It's fucking insane. Um, <clears throat> the next morning, he brought Alice's body inside and had sex with her headless body in his room. He also brought in Rosalind's head so he could remove the bullet that had lodged in it. And as he had done before with Cindy's... Um, no, sorry. I'm so creeped out and crawling about 
the shit I just said. He he he, he fucking brought the head in and, and took the bullet out like he had done with Cindy's. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so he then he drives away from Santa Cruz to dispose of most of the body parts. Then on to Pacifica to get rid of the heads and the hands. He always put the heads in the hand. He always put the the quickly identifiable as far away as he could from the 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 giant question mark that would invariably be found. You know, right? So, Makes sense. I mean, you know, if you're you're gonna spread it around so it's so it's not to be put together easily. It makes fucking sense. Right. 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 <clears throat> Uh, so so awful we, though I, I don't I it's, don't it's awful and a half it's so super awful that it's like it makes full circle to to acceptable again and then way back up to the top of awful like I just what could possibly be the appeal in a headless corpse I mean um now now I on the next episode, when we talk about all the the the, re- the resolution of this, I- I'm going to go over a lot of his his direct quotes. Mm. But I, I will I will, from the best of of my memory, say that I I know that he said of chopping the heads off that the head is where the person is. That's where the personality is. If you call it a soul, if you call it whatever you want, that's where it resides. It's in the head. So by removing that, he could then have sex with the body, it being nothing more than a body. Uh, I see. I see. But, yeah. damn. Yeah. No, but damn, indeed. And uh, I, I will also say, I, I really wanted to find this quote before I started and didn't, that the reason he buried uh, Cindy's head uh, un- he he buried it under his mom's bedroom window, and he he would later say he did that because uh, his mom always wanted people to look up to her. Huh. The Why man does that was not nothing, surprise me? <laughs> the, the man was nothing if not uh, a an inappropriate joke maker. Damn it, cat! Get out! <laughs> Get out! <laughs> Don't you be yelling at that sweet ass cat? Get your buns out. Cat didn't even closet. have buns. Just she like likes you. To hide in the closet, and then when she realizes she's locked into the room, she fucking yells and screams until somebody lets her out. What a jerk! She is a jerk. I was talking about you, but I love her anyway. So yeah, what I'm, Why does I'm, that I'm not fucking surprised me that that he would do something like that. Uh, it doesn't surprise you because he has cut the heads off of ladies and had sex with their bodies. And literally anything that person does short of uh, shoving a goddamn uh, bottle rocket up their butt and flying to the moon, it's not going to shock you because we already know that he, A, killed his paternal grandparents. B, has by now, what, five, six uh, has, has cut the heads off of uh, young ladies and had sex with their bodies. So you could tell me that he was a championship pizza maker and I would be like, oh, really? Neat. I'll tell others. <laughs> I'll tell others. And I will inform the world. <sighs> so his Mama Clarnell, who is still Strandberg because 
thankfully she hasn't been remarried yet. But, you know, there's still time. She never mm-hmm. seemed to show any suspicion whatsoever what Edmund was up to. Um, she didn't suspect anything, which is crazy. How do you live with a multiple uh, uh, murderer that, that has such a, a deep fucking sexual deviancy and mm. not notice a thing? Uh, you have to be trying really hard to ignore <clears throat> this person. Like, trying yeah. really hard. And that's really where her, I mean, her hugest goddamn mistake lies is she had she had to have actively tried to not think about how fucked up he was. Yeah. Because how do you live with doing. how do you live with your giant son who has killed your ex husband's parents? How do you do that? You know. I, I, mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. so she suspects nothing. But on Easter weekend, which was roughly about a month after the killings of Rosalind and Alice, he decided the time had finally come to be rid of her. Oh. He waited all night in his room while Clarnell slept peacefully. And he was just sitting in his room. He's going over in his head what to do, what to do, what to do. So at 5.15 in the morning... Jesus, Lord, a, Lord, Jesus. He got a claw hammer from the kitchen, and he went into the, went to her bedroom. He struck her once very hard, and then slashed her throat. And within a minute, he had killed and beheaded her. And... He, he removed her larynx in the process, which he then, which is, you know, vocal cords and such, tried to, right. to put those uh, down the, the garbage disposal. Uh, but that's like real thick tissue, if you guys didn't know that. And uh, it the garbage disposal um, spit them back out at him. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, which he later quipped, you know, even in death, uh, she's still, she's still nagging me. Jesus Christ, man! Why are you putting shit See, down if, garbage disposals? That's, I mean, now you're just trying to get caught. I mean, I think if he'd have just tried being a stand-up comedian, that maybe he'd have had a future because these are, these are funny quips he's making. I'm not, I'm not saying they're appropriate by any means. Right. <laughs> they're appropriate for people like you and I to make because we aren't the ones with the larynx in our hands. Indeed. Ugh. <sighs> so, Fuck, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, goddamn. So, what he does next is, after chopping off her head, is he he has sex with his mother's body. Um, wow. That's what I was I was alluding to earlier <clears> when <throat> I said, you know, do you think that maybe if he hadn't had to kill his grandfather, if he'd have done that with his grandmother? But I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I I just honestly, it's it's fucked. So fucked. He has sex with his his decapitated mother's body, and then he takes his mother's now freed head. And he places it on the fireplace mantle, and he he does two things, Chris. He does them simultaneously, 
and to great effect. He starts chucking darts at his his mother's head while he screams and curses at her for about love an it. hour. I love it. Yeah. I love it. He this is I think and I mean we've talked about fucking Andre Chikatilo who did some fucked up shit to bodies. Yeah. We've talked about all kinds of really terrible people that have done really terrible things to people that I would assume didn't at least didn't deserve that. But this lady for being a nag her life was claw hammered in the head by a giant her head removed from her torso her then headless body raped then her head put on a fireplace mantle so he could chuck darts at it and scream curses Jesus Christ I mean there's there's an extent (laughs) and then that is like way past that Way past well, there, that there's, line. I mean, there's a, you, like you can say a line, but I mean, there, uh, that's that's like a super uber line that only <laughs> the most depraved, don't give a fucks, can even see off in the horizon. And this guy is like happily, like just jogging past it, being like, "I'll see you at the next line," you know. Ugh. Yeah, that's so, uh, that's pretty much what I'm gathering from this whole thing. He is ramping it up, and no possible stopping or 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 no boundary seems that that he won't cross. No, no, they, I, I, you know what? I guarantee you that if if he were in public with his closest friends, that he wouldn't even look around and whisper to his friends racist jokes. He would just say them. well I don't know I mean he's not dumb he's just crazy a giant psychopath murderer yes rapist sorry you cannot forget the rapist part because that's a big thing with him is the the... you know what I honestly don't think he ever had she wants back in fuck she is making this fucking hard on purpose what is your problem that's what she said I mean, what? I said, what? Get over yourself. I'm shutting the door. That's all there is to it. Oh, don't be mean to that kitty cat. That kitty cat loves you. And that's why sometimes you wake up in the morning with that faint taste of cat poop in your mouth. Because mm, she likes to sleep on my face. Um... Um, and no, I was I was getting more at that she's she's pooping in there, not just sleeping on there. So, no, well, you eating no. cat poop, son? Ooh, crunchies. So, he he puts uh, his mom's body in a closet and he cleans up a little bit and then he leaves the house. Well, that afternoon he's like, hmm, what should I do? And he decides that if someone else were to find his dead mother, um. Well, that could be bad. Sorry. Reverse. He decided that if someone else were found dead along with his mother, mm. then the suspicion might not point like eat at Joe's fucking neon Looney Tune sign right at his fucking big stupid waterhead. 
<laughs> so he goes that was funny. back to his mother's duplex. He calls a lady called Sarah Hallett, who is a good friend of Clarnell's. And he invites her to dinner. But he couldn't reach her right away, and he's like, uh-oh, you know, this this plan is just falling apart. This well-laid-out, well-thought, yeah. just well-constructed plan that he had had. Um, he's like, it's all falling to pieces, man. <sighs> so, that is until Sarah calls him back. <laughs> uh, she, well, she called for Clarnell at about 5 in the afternoon. And that's when he made the invitation saying that the dinner was a surprise for his mom. When Sarah arrived for this wonderful surprise dinner for her good friend, Clarnell Strandberg. Mm-hmm. Um, she was promptly strangled, first manually and finally with the scarf that he uh, took from and used to strangle Iko. Uh, he then takes Sarah's clothes off and put her on the bed and that it, sometime in that night he, he he had sex with her uh, her 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 dead body um, I wonder how long I don't know why to do that I mean I you know what I'm going to go ahead and say that he didn't want to do it I'm going to go ahead and say that he was compelled by his uh derangement to do it more he was forced to do it than like hey Mom's friend Sarah's pretty hot. I bet she'd be fun to have sex with when she's dead. Mm. I don't know. Chris is like, if if I had a nickel. <sighs> I think maybe he'd been wanting to do that for a while. That's um, what I, think. I honest, I honestly think it was a spur of the moment. Hey, this will take the suspicion off of me. Thing. And then the sex thing was just because, I mean, if you're going to have sex with literally every woman you kill, why stop now? I guess, you know? Yeah, okay, that makes sense, too. Like, like maybe he would be like, you know, it would it would look a little weird if I, uh, you know, if I, uh, if I didn't do it, you know? Look a little weird, huh? Yeah, it would look strange if, if I, if I didn't have sex with the body. Um, you know, I'm not going to, uh. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna dwell on it. I'm actually gonna got just we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna move just right on through it. We're gonna we're gonna steam through it, Chris. Just like um, what? what yeah. You, oh, Come like, on. oh, like Come like on. a like a runaway train. Don't you know, fucking do that. that. Why'd you have to take has, it there? It has I was hoping for something no way dirtier. On, on ever returning. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Mm-mm. So on Easter Sunday morning, he left town driving east in Sarah's car. Fearing that he'd be found out, he rented another car and dropped off Sarah's car at a gas station, telling the attendant that it needed repairs. He then drives for 18 hours, stopping only for gas and soda and no-dos. He was in Colorado... Well, he, he was in Colorado when he gets pulled over for speeding. But his quiet, well-kept appearance... like The cop wasn't like, Hey... Have you maybe possibly killed a bunch of people lately? Because uh, you look like maybe that's something you could have done. Because mm-hmm. if I had if I had a nickel, Chris, then man, 
Nichols. Nichols. Hmm. Nichols for days, man. Nichols for days. If you've had one Nichols for every for time days, somebody man. stopped you to see yeah. if you had brutally murdered people, is that, is, that what, is, that what, is that right? No, that's not what I was saying at all. So, finally, <laughs> he uh, he pays his fines uh, for the, the speeding and moves on. Finally, just completely fucking spent, exhausted, he stops in Pueblo, Colorado. Mm-hmm. He needed to buy some of that sweet, sweet legal. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> while in Pueblo, he places a call to the Santa Cruz Police Department, where he, of course, knew some of the officers for, you know, he, you know, he, he used to hang out with him and stuff. And, and um, you know, it's fucking Starfucker is what he is. Starfucker. Um, uh, so he, he tells the person... Uh, <laughs> God fucking shit. He tells the, fir- the first person that uh, answers the phone, Hey, I'm the guy that killed all those ladies. And it's mm. me, Edmund Kemper. Well, actually says his name? Phone and- <laughs> yeah, actually says his name. Because so he calls, tells the guy this, gives him his name. Guy answers the phone, says, <laughs> and hangs up on him. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, haha. <sighs> he calls back later. Oh. <laughs> and, um. <laughs> this is. Uh, he has. He, he has to call back. <laughs> he has to call back, asks for oh, a cop I mean, that he knows seems to be determined. specifically. Uh. Uh, and when doing this, says, look, I promise you, this is no joke. This is no trick. This is no goddamn April Fool's gotcha, you know, because usually people have a little bit more tact than that in real life than to say, oh, yeah, remember when you guys found my mother and her best friend dead in her apartment and, like, without heads and, and had, you know, my semen inside them? Well, that was me. I did it. <laughs> I confess. Whatever. <laughs> you know? Um, well, you know what? Actually, they hadn't even found his mother's body yet. Because the cop that he talks to, uh, he he finally convinces one to go check out his mom's house. And uh, an officer, Sergeant Alufi, which is like, he's he's like real cool, and but he's like kind of like flighty, but like that's why you like him so much. You know, mm-hmm. um, he now wait, huh? Wasn't he the one? Isn't isn't the, the the whole way he knows these motherfuckers in the first place because he went and like hung out? Yeah, and, yeah, he knew like, all these people you know, because like, uh, because he would hang out at a bar that uh, that cops would hang out at. I forget the name of the bar, but you forgot that he even did that. So I feel better about myself. Now. I think it was like the jury room or the jury pool, something like that. Um, but there, there was an, an officer, uh, uh, Sergeant Alufi, the the one that Chris has uh, sparkles in his eyes for, that had actually uh, yeah. already visited Big Ed at home uh, to confiscate the forty four caliber revolver that he had purchased. <sighs> so, okay, a short little sidebar. This happened because 
Big Ed buying a gun finally fucking popped up on some list somewhere. And the cops were like, he's not supposed to have one of those. And, like, they played, like, the scariest game of not it ever because everyone knew him and everyone knew he was a fucking giant. And no one wanted to go to this giant and be like, hey, I'm going to take your guns. (laughs) You know? So... So, yeah, Sergeant Aloofy. Sometimes oh, people get intimidated. Sergeant Aloofy loses at the game of Not It and is, in fact, it. He has been chosen <laughs> by the council. It. So he goes. And it. Ed is cleaning out possibly hair and brain matter or some such out of the backseat of his car. And when Sergeant Aloofy walks up, he says, I, I see. I see his legs hanging out of the car. I walk up to him and I say, are you Edmund Kemper? And I hear uh, a voice say yes. And I say, well, I, I need to, to talk to you about uh, a, a gun that you're not supposed to have. And then Edmund starts getting out of the back seat of the car and getting out of the car and getting out of the car and getting out of the car. He's saying mm-hmm. that Edmund was so fucking huge he is watching this man for what seems like an eternity climb out of this fucking car and then stands up just dwarfing this up until I'm guessing two minutes ago somewhat confident police officer and Ed says what gun and the cop's like "Uh, uh, uh, you bought like a 44 caliber recently or and he's oh that one yeah yeah uh, let's go get it and Ed walks into his house and comes back with the gun, gives it to the cop. The cop's like, okay, thanks, and runs. And it doesn't run, but he's fucking out of there. So mm-hmm. so Ed was basically, he was just super happy it wasn't the fucking 22 that he had actually murdered with. So. Wow. That fucking wow. That very Sergeant Aloofy uh, did indeed know <laughs> where Ed lived. And he went to go check it out, and as he entered the duplex, he smelled the the uh, telltale putrid odor of decomposition. <sighs> then he opens the closet, holding Clarnell, and saw blood and hair. So he secures the scene, and he calls in the corner and detectives. So they find two bodies, just as Kemper had described. Both had been decapitated, and Clarnell had... <clears throat> been, you know, beat the fuck up, basically. <clears throat> and, you know, of course, her head, dart practice, her tongue and larynx, you know, all kinds of craziness. Um, Right. They now, the cops finally, finally, finally come to the realization of why the, what they had all been calling the co-ed butcher had eluded them for so long. And... <sighs> They, I mean, they all just know that they, they say he was analyzing what he was doing and learning to perfect his technique. So chances are it would have taken much longer for someone to finally find Clarnell and Sarah. And Ed could have been in Canada, Mexico, France, for all we know. Right. So. <clears throat> right, because, I mean, fuck, if he would have... He would have actually been taking notes instead of continuing continuing to get crazier. Mm-hmm. But, um, but one of the big things yeah, that helped him but, and, and and 
where he got really good notes from was that, you know, he was hanging out with cops and talking about the investigation into the co-ed killer while he's killing people. He's finding out what the cops know. So he he would find out their strategies and their plans for, for capturing him. And then he would change what he was doing or outthink it or stop doing this or start doing this. So... There, there was all that, but he, as a as a person, to them, also didn't at all come across as a killer. Like, he had so easily found a way to make people just feel safe around him, you know? And it, his year-long run of, of picking up hitchhikers and, and making them feel comfortable around him, you know, wasn't just for that. It was so he could make literally everyone feel comfortable around him. <clears throat> So, the the district attorney, Peter Chang, DA if you're nasty, and a party of detectives then traveled across three states to pick him up from detention where local police had placed him. They found him waiting calmly, and he seemed to know that he was uh, dangerous, and he was just, you know, unable to control himself, and he understood that he needed to be locked up. He was, however, willing to talk. And twice he waived his rights to an attorney. Although, later in trial, of course, he would say that he asked for one. But uh, his lawyer was probably like, no, we're going to say that you did and that they didn't. Because um, you do and that's just a big, dumb, stupid thing to do. And you're not a big, dumb, stupid, are you? And he's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> and his lawyer's like, I didn't think so, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Edmund. So, so we're going to tell them that you had done that. Because you had to at least you you thought about it. Let's let's. Uh, I'm gonna stop talking to you because you're a giant man that scares me. Okay. <laughs> so you're a giant crazy ass man. So the story that he then regaled them with was as fucking crazy as they had ever heard. He went on for hours. He confessed everything that he had done to to the six co-eds, his mother and her friend, adding these to the killings of his grandparents years earlier, he had committed ten murders in all, which, in the grand scheme of things, and the people that we talk about, isn't a huge body count. But the the, the viciousness and the, the, the sheer fucked-up depravity that he... T- <laughs> that he fucking... It's crazy that it makes it so much crazier. And the fact that he could have, I'm sure, he could have fucking killed a whole lot more without being caught until he confessed. He could have not confessed and kept doing it as long as he felt like it, you know? Um, but Oh, I'm sure. So 10 is, is Edmund Kemper's final tally. So to prove everything that he said... He took detectives to the areas where he had buried or thrown parts of his victims that hadn't been found. And then he, of course, described having sex with the heads of his victims and said that he he loved the feeling of totally possessing them and their property. So him having their heads is um, is exactly, like I said, it, it's what he wanted because that's where their personality that's where they were and 
they, it, they I they were Pokemon. The these <laughs> these lovely ladies' heads were nothing but pocket monsters to all be caught by only the best. Hmm. So do you think maybe there was a place that he kept them, like, like in his mind at least? Because I know he threw them out in right. other places or whatever, but you think maybe in his mind every now and then they would have, like, like little play conversations back and forth or, like, maybe battles or something? Like, mm. you know that, like his mom had some crazy uh, that's a good, nagging power? That's a good or, question. Yeah, like, like his mom had the move, uh, go get your teeth clean, daddy. And uh, and he had no defense for that whatsoever. So you know that that was his. You know I don't. I'm trivi- trivi- you know I'm trivializing these these poor ladies uh, and using like his mom and her friend in a tag team match against uh, the the two the first two college girls and, and like in his head oh. it wouldn't be bodies at okay, all. It would so, just be their heads so bouncing around off each other. So he's pitting them against each other. Tag team style, yeah. heads only, Pokemon rules, no hold barred. Damn right. Okay. No holds barred. Which technically, that's true because they can't do any holds because they're just heads. So you don't that's you don't right. have to bar any holds because they can't hold anything. Well then, no holds. Well, well that's what gets butts <laughs> in the seat, Chris. It makes them think that they're going to see something dangerous. They might see someone die tonight. But then they get there and they're like, oh, they're already dead. This is a ripoff. Heads will be rolling. And that's when they turn around to get their refund. And right when they turn around, right above the, the main entrance, there's a big sign that says, no motherfucking refunds. Uh, now, here's one thing. About about refunds? Or? You know, that gets me. Uh-huh. Uh, besides the refunds, you know, because I, I understand that. You know, you, you make a decision, you got to stick with it. Yeah. I, I feel that. Yeah. But... <clears throat> He only had sex with the bodies, right? Not the heads as well. No, no, he 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 fucked most of their heads too. I just figured I'd save that little oh. little little cracker of a tidbit to last, just because. I mean, if you're gonna top an Sorry, ice cream sundae with something, you. you don't top the ice cream sundae with a big, huge slice of watermelon. No, you put a cherry. That's true. On top, and I mean, or some. You know, pineapple, strawberries, peaches, whatever. But but watermelon is not an ice cream mm. fruit at all. Oh, oh right. you know what? I'm I'm sorry. I hmm, I mispronounce uh, cherry. Uh, I, I, was, I meant to say Clarnell's head. <laughs> oh, I meant to say Jason is an ice cream fruit. Man, I and you know what? You and I often wonder aloud to each other. Why don't people talk to us? <laughs> <laughs> so because they're afraid of ice cream fruits. Um, hey man, don't be homophobic. I'm, I'm not. I'm not at all. Mm-hmm. We're buds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We got nothing against you slutting it out with some ice cream. I do. That seems like it would be uncomfortably cold. Like there's the good kind of cold, sure like would, a but... like an Altoids in the mouth kind of cold, but like. Straight up ice cream? Like, that's that's too cold. It's too cold. Yeah. Like, I'm... Well, just make sure you wear some warm socks and a scarf. Mm. So, 
the story. Those are two things, two <laughs> articles of clothing that you can wear during sex and not be hindered I, by. You know it. what? I think that that's still very rude to have warm socks and a scarf on during coitus. I'm sorry. It just seems <laughs> like like you plan too much for it, and and then all the spontaneity is gone, and that's what really makes it special. Is like, man, we love each other. Oh, you know. But if you're like, hold on, I have to go grab my scarf and socks and this big tub of ice cream, I, you know, it just takes all the, the, the hay out of it, you know. Well, I'm telling you what. Next time I talk some female into throwing some uh, some uh, Putin anti my way, I will be prepared with my scarf. Mm. I will have my scarf on deck, ready to <laughs> this go. This is like. I'm buying a scarf, I'm putting it on, I'm never taking it off. <laughs> That's right. That's how it gets done. That's right. So, just as rocket from now on. Just as Chris's stories yeah. right here, we're getting more graphic and worse. So, with Edmonds during the trial, um he had uh let's say extensive psychiatric probing <laughs> during mm. and uh both sides we're going to set out and find out what they could do about this disturbing slash disturbed slash off-putting young man. <laughs> off-putting. Which, say it with me, Chris, means one, two, three, fucking weird. You didn't say it at all. You didn't even try to say it with me. You said nothing. I'm not psychic. You said it with me on the last episode because... Never mind. Do you ever listen to our show? You don't know what you're talking about. <sighs> yes, of course I do. I don't think you do. Just not right away. It's like I put it on while I'm asleep, because that way... I wait till Mike's sleeping. You wait till Mike's sleeping and you, you put it real quiet in his ear like somebody's whispering the secrets of hell. I love it. Yeah. While you're licking the other and ear. Then. Ugh. Tell Mike he's got to clean his ears out a little better. <clears throat> so, thus, somewhat concludes at least the story section of part two of the Eddie Kemp's Edmund Kemper the third crazy shit that I keep reading. Mm. Well, it was quite the adventure this time i mean see the thing about levels were the thing about this this adventure is that i mean basically with what he did i just told everybody out there the same story 10 times or you know eight times in a row with a different woman's name at the beginning you know what i mean <laughs> yeah basically and and that's yeah. that's that's sad sad to me. Um, <clears throat> it's just not okay, you know. It makes me sad no. because, um, god damn it, this guy. You know, I I say that he's my favorite fucking psychopathic freak, and I mean that not because as Melissa thought uh, one night and and so uh, boisterously claimed to me that I. <laughs> I look up to him or I idolize him. Mm. No, it's because I may be a bit much. He was so fucking batshit screwy that nothing like it 
is probably ever going to be seen again. It's, but it's not just the batshit screwy murders and such. It's the man that still exists now that makes him so fascinating. Oh, yeah. You know? He definitely does still exist. <sighs> so, um... Yeah, man. I, I, I was going to, like, go through and kind of... Oh, God. Okay, so look. I do want to read just a, a couple of uh, of quotes he later says in interviews. Um, because I, I want you to know what he was thinking when he did these specific things that we just spoke of. So when he picks up his first two victims, the, uh, the Fresno State co-eds, Marianne and Anita... He says, I instantly had full intentions of killing them. I would love to have raped them, but not having any experience at all. And then he trails off. Because he did, in fact, rape them when they got home. Um, he says of, uh, of Anita, I was really quite struck by her personality and her looks. And there was just almost a, a reverence there. Because, as we can remember from the first episode... Edmund is the good guy in his story. He reveres women. Yeah. He holds them up on a pedestal. And he he is is shy and he's you know, he he's ooh, you know, he, he gets the, the the clammy hands and such when he's around a beautiful woman. But Is that right? He does some pretty fucking horrible shit that makes you think differently, doesn't he? I mean that does happen. Yes, that that is one thing that many things that he's done, uh, and it, you know it it doesn't surprise me that he's terrible with women and and stuff like that, like <clears throat> that kind of I don't know sometimes that kind of what um hold up mental hold up or whatever can mm-hmm. cause people to do some permanent crazy shit. Oh, Jesus. So I'll, I'll, I'll leave this off with what he says about the, uh, the, the thrill that he got from killing. He says, I just wanted the exultation over the party. In other words, winning over death. They were dead and I was alive. That was the victory in my case. And then he also comments on his act of decapitation, saying... I remember it was very exciting. There was actually a, a sexual thrill. It was a kind of exalted, triumphant type of thing. Like taking the head of a deer or an elk or something that would, would be to a hunter. I was the hunter, and they were the victims. <laughs> Which, the, the line, they were dead and I was alive. That was the victory in my case. They were all teenage girls, except for his mother, grandparents, and mother's sister, our friend. They were teenage girls, and you are a towering monster of a fucking man. There was no, it was them or me. (laughs) There's no victory in this. But... Seriously. One of the calling cards of a true psychopath is being able to rationalize the terrible, terrible, terrible things that they do in any way so that they never have to take responsibility for them. 
So if he can rationalize it as that was the victory, they were dead, but I was still alive. Well, then fucking bully for him because he'll be able to fucking sleep at night. They will be able to sleep for the rest of their lives because they're dead. Mm. That's one way to put it. It was a very awkward way to put it, and I'm not happy with it at all, but I'm not going to go back and try again. I'm just bummed. I'm just bummed. Just I mean, I'm happy. Like, bummed. I think it was a good episode and such, but, you know, the the subject matter can sometimes, even to, to hardened veterans, such as myself and Chris, and I'm not talking about penises. We. No, that's true. This time we're not. We still sometimes, you know, this c- time. can get a little, uh, a little creeped out, little fucking bugs under your crawling skins and shits. You know, and this one gave that that one gave it to me. <laughs> this one, this episode, this one gave it to me. It's the same feeling I had after. This the, one does it. Same feeling I had after the 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 fucking goddamn uh, both both Christmas Eve episodes. The, the, the oh. God. I mean, it, it's it's hard. It's sometimes it's hard not to. The shit gets fucking wacky. And, uh, it kind of, yeah, it, we're humans that don't do shit like that. So I, fi- I find that for me, it, it really usually depends on, on how vividly I see this in my head. If I can, if I can keep it out mm-hmm. and just talk about it, then that's just good, you know? <laughs> but, uh, if, if it, if it creeps in there and I'm, and I actually visualize the things that happen to these actual human beings that we're speaking about, it gets, it gets to me sometimes. Like, I'm not about to fucking break down and cry like I did after doing Junko. But, you know, it's it's hard. But that's why this guy is so fucking fascinating. Is because the lengths, the fucking lengths. And I'm just talking about his height, you know? So is it weird that I try to picture it every time? No, no, no. Because Well, I don't have to try to picture it. So I maybe that's weird that you have to be like, you know what? Come on, brain. Just build that room that they're in and put them together doing this stuff. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, what? I don't have to try to picture it. It okay, just happens. Good. But what I'm saying is, like, I don't shy away from picturing it because right. that's kind of part of the well, whole no, thing. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the most important part of the whole thing is that because that makes it all the more real. If you can really picture in your mind's eye the the horror, then... I think that's the only way you can truly learn a lesson from it without making your own mistake is by, I mean, that's about as close as you can experience it is by hearing it firsthand and picturing it as well as you can in your head. And then you can learn whatever fucking lesson you decide to take away from this yourself. It's about all you can do, really. (laughs) And I'll, I'll... I'll finish off by saying just one more thing, and that is, um, you've just listened to another, just was alive a couple, just a little while ago, dartboard episode of See No, Hear No, Mm. Speak No. Indeed, the UFOs, the conspiracies, and the squishy... Oh, God. Just... 
This mm, Ew, the squi- murders. The squishy giant sex murders. So on Ew, that note, murders. Christopher Robin, <laughs> count down. Two. Uno, dos, tres, Good night. Count oh. Get into my car, baby, yeah.